Welcome to Spill the Tea with Pastor Tim Cruz, where we discuss topics relating to the Bible, life, and leadership. We pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by today's discussion. Well, everyone, I am so excited to have McKenna Moen here with us today on our Spill the Tea podcast. McKenna, how are you doing tonight? I am so good. And can I just say that I feel so honored oh, to be on your it. podcast. It is an <laughs> honor, sir. <laughs> you and Evelyn are like the sisters I always wanted but never had. So I feel obliged. Yes, I feel obliged that I have to protect you, <laughs> especially for whoever marries you. I will. I will fight somebody. So we are just so, so honored to have you here with us tonight as we, or today, whenever anyone listens to this, just some of the questions that I went over with you, I really want people to hear. I know this is a podcast, but I also not want them to hear, but also see your heart and how God has been using you uh, throughout your story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your story to help start off our conversation today? Awesome. So first, a little disclaimer before I go into my story. My wisdom tooth is coming in wicked bad. (laughs) So if you hear me wince as I'm talking, (laughs) don't be concerned. It's all right. (laughs) So my story, um, my story is ever evolving and changing. What I would have said was my story a year ago is completely different than how I would tell my story now. Just to, I guess, sum it up in a short little Sparks note, Kenna version. I am a born and raised pastor's kid. Love the ministry. I love the heart of ministry. I was not one of those pastor's kids who resented the role or wanted to kind of do my own thing. Truly, like, I was so thankful to be put in that position and that type of lifestyle. I know God placed that in my heart for a reason because. It was those pivotal years of um, my dad being a pastor, and he still is, that really just shaped my heart for what I believe is God's call in my life, and that's worship and people and just everything Jesus-focused. In high school, towards graduation, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, If I'm going to be honest, I still kind of have no idea what I want to do with my life. It's okay. But I just knew that I wanted to learn more about God. I knew that I had a heart for people and a heart to serve, and I wanted to pursue worship ministry. But I didn't really feel like a full four-year college was my next step. So I discovered James River Leadership College. That's where I went for my first two years. And it completely changed my life. I would not be who I am today without that experience I gained so much friendship and family and a whole lot of leadership skills, a whole lot of heartbreak I went through during those seasons, but a lot of joys as well. Uh, Ended up going to Evangel, and more recently, I graduated with my major in communications, Uh, got sent home early due to COVID, and that's kind of where things started to get crazy for me, and I'd say this last year... I think in like long view years down the road, I'm going to look back to see that this past year is going to be one of the most pivotal seasons of my life because I discovered something I didn't realize about myself. And that is I'm a very anxious person. 
Once I got sent home from um, college unexpectedly, I really lost my footing in some sense, um, spiritually, emotionally, in every sense of the word. And the Lord really had to take me from the stage, which is what I was in love with and what I was used to and place me on my knees at the foot of my bed and really just rely on him. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in that season of just having to center my focus on Jesus every single day because I'm not where I thought I would be right now at all. (laughs) I'm working at a dentist office at the moment. Teeth are not my thing. Um, While you're having your wisdom tooth coming in. (laughs) I know. I know. I never thought that I would be sitting at a desk, getting someone's crown in the mail and dentures, you know, sitting there having to go through them. Like, it's just so weird. (laughs) It's so weird. But you know what? I know God has a plan and he's really just teaching me faithfulness and trust in him and really teaching me. I, you know, like I mentioned, my heart is worship, um, but he's really teaching me that it is a state of the heart. Worship Mm -hmm. isn't just being on a stage. And that's kind of, I think, unintentionally was my mindset the past few years because that was just the environment I was in. I was living the mega church life and was worshiping in front of thousands of people, often hundreds of people every Sunday. Um, The Lord's really teaching me like that's not the goal. Worship is your small moments in your room where Mm. your only audience is Him. And I don't know, that's kind of my story, I guess, within the last few months. And hopefully it gives you a little glimpse of me and my whole life as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Let's talk about COVID for a second. This mm. has been an interesting season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were supposed to walk across <clears throat> the stage. You were supposed to be celebrated. And life did not happen the way we all thought would. Right. So what would be your takeaway from this year? I mean, we can we can safely say that COVID messed a lot of things up. Mm-hmm. But how how have you been able to look at it from a God perspective, even though you may not be where you thought you would be, mm-hmm. you're not where you used to be. Right. Like how, how can you, how have you looked at it from the perspective of God looking to you? Like, how would mm-hmm. you, how, how would you encourage someone with that? So pre COVID, I thought I was in a really good place spiritually. Like I was living the life that I wanted to live and I felt great. And it wasn't until COVID hit that I was smacked with the reality that I was the most spiritually unhealthy I've ever been. Mm. Because pre-COVID, I just like, I rode these highs of just like of ministry that it can almost, and people who do full-time ministry or that spend their life, I think can understand. It becomes just like, yes, a routine, but at the same time, you just like live in this state of like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I was just like riding this wave, just doing ministry all the time. And I loved it, but I kind of became numb to the reason and the root of why we did it. Yep. And so it wasn't until after COVID that it really challenged me to figure out where I was rooting myself in the spiritual sense. And I don't think if COVID would have happened, like if it wouldn't have happened, I don't know if I, I wonder if I ever would have come to that realization. And I'm kind of scared to think about like, would I ever, would I just have continued to think that spiritually I was really healthy and almost that's more dangerous than realizing you're in a really bad spiritual place and getting to this point where you have nothing left but Jesus. And so in that sense, like I'm so thankful. And I think 
from a lot of people that I've talked to have similar stories where like their hardships are turning into their victories because it's really just put them in a place of surrender, you know? That's so good. So good, girl. So good. That's fire. As a young, that's fire, girl. No cap. That's lit. (laughs) (laughs) So let's keep going because that was really Mm -hmm. good. So what, let me make sure I, I, I say this right. Mm. So what is it like being a pastor kid growing up in New England? It, I mean, like I said before, I love being a pastor's kid. It, it comes with its challenges. New England is a very spiritually oppressed area. And I discovered that after living in the Bible Belt for the past five years, I can remember before going off to college, I felt so like spiritually alone. And being a pastor's kid definitely didn't really help that because I felt like the only one who was living the Christian lifestyle uh, genuinely, or I kind of felt like a spectacle being a pastor's kid because I wasn't like anybody who was my friends. I didn't have mentors. I didn't have spiritual leaders. I, I had spiritual leaders who I looked up to, but none that really poured into me. I think being a pastor's kid played a role in that because. Not only was I a pastor's kid, but my dad at the time was the district youth director. And I think people almost had this preconceived notion that because Titus and I um, lived in such a spiritually healthy home, like we were fine. I think I felt like I was put on the back burner in some instances. And I always had to give, 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 but I never had the chance to be a sponge and receive, Mm. you know? And I think that that has definitely played a role in my growth, but at the same time, it has, that was an awesome experience because I took my desire for those things and I really tried to implement them into my life. And because I lacked mentorship or I lacked, um, you know, the spiritual pouring into that I desired, I now desire to be that for other people. Um, and really being a pastor's kid has fueled my heart for my future and I love it. I, I, I would not have asked for any differently. And I'm so thankful and blessed that God put me in a home that has been just completely centered around Jesus. Absolutely. That's awesome. Now let's, let's keep, let's keep on that note, how mm-hmm. you mentioned how you had a lack of mentorship at, at one point. And I know this is very important to you, but why is mentoring young women important to you? Mm. Mentoring is in my opinion, so vital and pivotal because um, it, God designed us to be relational beings in in my opinion i think that's biblical and we're not meant to do life alone and um i wish so badly when i was in middle school that i had a older person who loved jesus so much just be a sound ear and a sound guiding voice for my life. I think mentorship can spark inspiration. I think mentorship can be a great emotional release for the younger generation. I think it's a great um, way to be a sounding board. And I think it can be pivotal because the younger generation needs people to look up to. And 
I think if they don't, if we don't provide the younger generation with healthy mentorship, they're going to resort to other things to mentor them. Um, and those things might not necessarily be healthy, like social media, uh, vlogging, I would say is a modern, like vloggers, I feel like are a modern day mentorship in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like even, even now I don't, and this is partly my fault. Like, I don't feel like I have a mentor currently. I think in some ways there's seasons where you have to seek those people out. Um, but like, if I think to myself, I'm like, I can think of a lot of vloggers who inspire me right now or who I feel like ha- I know them and have spoken to my life, but that's dangerous, especially when you're young, you know, like, I think it's important for us to intentionally place ourselves in the younger generation and scoop them under our wings and just be an ear and a guide and a support for them. And I'm really passionate about that for sure. Yeah. You do such a great job with it. And and even continuing off of that, how would you encourage those around you to impact the generation around them? Just do it. I think it's so easy to think like you don't have enough wisdom or enough knowledge or enough personality. You're not likable enough or you don't have the leadership position enough to be a mentor for someone where anybody can be a mentor, anybody, everybody has someone looking up to them. And I would just say like, find the need, find your little girly who you just feel like you connect with, or you just, you know, really love their story, or you see that they have a lot of potential and just become their friend, take them out for coffee um, do the things that would get you out of your comfort zone. I am an, I am truly more of an introvert. And so I would be kidding. Like I would be lying if I said that going out to coffee with girls was not like the most fun thing I've ever done or wasn't slightly draining because it is <laughs> just because that's my personality. But I've recognized that like, you kind of have to just go that extra mile And it's so, so, so worth it. Like I leave those times that I go out to coffee with my girlies just feeling so refreshed and rejuvenated. And um, I mean, you're making an impact whether you realize it or not. And I would just say, just go for it. Just do it. You won't regret it. Yeah, I know. I I can say that's so true because it's like people wait for that perfect moment when it comes, just go for it. If if the Lord has put, I heard someone say, "If, if, if God puts someone on your mind, reach out to them, pray yes. for them. Cause if it's on your mind, that means it's important to God. So right. you can bring it to him. Or now you want to know what's so interesting? Go ahead, girl. To, go to ahead, girl. On, keep going. On. Keep going. Go ahead, girl. Let loose. I, so I'm a very like, uh, I want to say goody two shoes. Like I'm like your cliche Christian girl you see in the movies, especially in high school. But somehow like my friend, I had a lot of friends who were really just not that way gravitate towards me. And it was easy to think like she and I, or he and I can't be friends or I can't make an impact on them because I don't have an understanding of the life that they're living out or the life that they come from. But I think that's a beautiful thing about Mm. just relationship. Like, and I think 
in the past, I would have let that stop me. But some of my greatest friendships, my greatest like mentor relationships have been with those who like literally came from the polar opposite lifestyles or habits that that I have come from or have known, like didn't relate to them whatsoever, but God still, God still uses that. Absolutely. Now, what has been, and this one's off the cuff before Mm we uh, land the plane here. Oh no. But what has been your top, besides the Bible, Mm. um, your favorite books that you have read? Oh, I'm going to be honest. And I, this is something I want to change about myself. I don't love to read. <laughs> but a pivotal book, and this isn't one I read recently, but I always, always mention this book because this literally, I think, changed the trajectory for like the direction of where my heart decided to go. My sophomore year of college, I read the book, A Church That Never Sleeps by Matthew Barnett. And if you have a heart for ministry, I highly, highly recommend you reading that book. It sparked so much passion in me for people. I just loved his heart to help the local church um, and to help the people in his community. For those of you who don't know, Matthew Barnett, he like started this huge dream center in LA. And it was just so cool to see how God had his hand on every, every element. And, um, I have a huge heart for people. So for me, that was like hit so many passion buttons reading that book. And I still think back to it often. Um, Another book. I'm very much like a self-help-ish type book person. That's okay. Um, I've been reading Own Your Every Day by Jordan Lee Dooley. And that one's been really good and timely for me to read because it's all about like nurturing and treasuring the mundane moments and how the mundane moments can turn into your biggest accomplishments. You know, you like, you have to be diligent and intentional with the little before God entrusts you with the big type of an idea. So that's been a really good book. Um, Yeah. I want to read more, but those are some that I'm have enjoyed or am enjoying. Yeah. I'm actually going on right now and adding it to my list. It's good. (laughs) <laughs> my books to 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 get because all right now here's 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 a question are you a mm-hmm. kindle girl or are you a physical no book girl? no 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 i'm a physical like i don't even like to read the bible on my phone i hate it like i like having the print in my hand i like highlighting i like writing notes you know jogging down ideas for me it keeps me engaged too, like with a Kindle or like a virtual reading tool. Like I kind of lose my train of thought, but when I can like have the pen in my hand and follow the lines and circle and underline, like it really helps me remember and helps things stick and me follow. That's a good point. <laughs> now, before we close, why don't you share mm-hmm. uh, a little bit about the little project that you did earlier this year that you launched? Cause we want to yeah. hear about it. I myself also have a podcast uh, called the Heart Candy Podcast. It started off as just my senior capstone for school, Um, but I ended up really falling in love with podcasting and really just 
the conversations that came from the episode that I had in my first season. Um, it was just so much fun. I learned so much. Um, the whole goal of the Heart Candy podcast, it's kind of a play on words. For Have you ever heard of the term eye candy? Yes. So it's kind of a play off words for eye candy, but like encouraging people to hone in on the heart candies of the world, you know, the things that are good for you and your soul um, and just illuminating those things in life. And that's what it's all about. And I am planning the second season right now, hoping to come out ASAP in January. So like next week. <laughs> um, so go, go give the Heart King podcast a follow. Be, be on the lookout. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Now let's, I mean, obviously I have to, I've been asking everybody that I've been talking mm-hmm. to random questions, but what is your favorite coffee drink or favorite beverage of choice, whatever way you want to go? Well, from where? Let's say from the Bucks of Stars. Okay. From, from Starbucks, my favorite coffee drink is a Starbucks double shot on ice with coconut milk, no classic. <laughs> it's so good i'm not a frilly drink person so though i do enjoy a good lavender latte my normal go-tos are just like a straight up black with either some oat milk or something like that Mm -hmm. my dad actually has a cappuccino that he made for me waiting on the counter that i'm so excited to drink guys get yourself a dab (laughs) No, well, you can't get yourself a dad. Teach your dad, if he doesn't know already, how to make a good cappuccino <laughs> so that he can make it for you. It's awesome. But yeah, and then from Dunkin', I really like um, an iced blueberry coffee with almond milk. That's really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody take notes. If you want to surprise McKenna, this is what you get her here yes yes well mckenna thanks for taking the time would you mind closing us up closing us off in prayer before we head our ways absolutely chef i will do so dear jesus thank you so much for this time that we had just to talk about life and share experiences with each other i pray for whoever is listening that some part of this conversation will just spark some inspiration or joy or questions or whatever from it that they'll leave it feeling encouraged and like they have gained a new friend um i pray that you will bless the podcast and the episodes and conversations to come for pastor tim i'm excited to see what comes out of it uh, we're so thankful for that, all that you're going to do in advance in your name. Amen. Well, amen. Well, McKenna, thank you for spilling the tea with us today. It's awesome. We are so looking forward to hearing this when it comes out. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow us to stay connected and updated on future episodes as we spill the tea with PT.